You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Everybody, this episode 224 of the Black Eagles Podcast. And I'm your host, Sinan Jordan, live from a springtime New York City. And we're back with more exciting Besiktas stuff to talk about. And of course... Everyone knows what we're mostly here to talk about, which is a huge match on this last Saturday, April 9th. Valerien Ismail's first home match in Vodafone Park. Joseph de Souza and others beckoned for the fans to come and fill the stadium, and the fans obliged. They're a raucous Vodafone Park. But first, let's talk a little bit about news. For anyone unaware, there's talk of a few guys getting cut, let go of by the, by the team. And then there's also talk of someone coming in, Alexander Sorloth, perhaps. So that could be exciting news. Nothing official, obviously. They're looking at him, though, for sure. On the outs... Ozan, Gokan Tore, Mehmet Topal, Pjanic, perhaps Batshuayi. In fact, the rumor that these guys were on their way out has been refuted, so I'm not going to spend too much time with it. So, without further ado, let's just dig into this match, eh? Operation is in effect as of right now. Right. So. Much as we would all love to see Alexander Sorlov come, uh, what we have now is a new manager in the way of Valerian Ismael. And I think we were all on board, right? That first match against Trabzon, we probably deserved three points. Of course, they're the incoming champions, essentially, right? Not yet. We're still champions for now. Till the season's over. Um, and their, their title's not assured yet. I mean, not mathematically, anyway. For all intents and purposes. Or intents and purposes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's done. Let's let's be real about it. I mean, it's fun to imagine, like, uh, Konya just going on a hot streak and Trebizond just completely falling apart. It's not like it hasn't happened to Abdullah Avci before. But I think he's finally got himself atop... Uh, uh, a, a mountain high enough that even if he fell, he couldn't fall far enough, fast enough for anyone else to uh, to catch up. But so what we do have for us is is a is a bit of a, a run, right? We excuse me for that. That was deeply inappropriate. Put my phone on silence there. But we 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 need to play well. 
turns out, like I, I didn't think we would need to do this. I thought we would focus on just like getting a coach in the summer. I didn't think we had a plan in place yet, but since it, apparently we do, and apparently we found our guy, and we've given him enough time. I mean, I even said like, let's not even put pressure on on him to win. I don't think there is a ton at the moment, right? Because it's not like this is his roster yet. But what he is doing is finding out what pieces of this roster will be part of his roster next season. And he seems to be doing it to great effect thus far. Obviously, we want to know how it translates in the summer, and we shall see. But it's good to know that he's already there, and like, so they're already kind of building a plan. Like, he's building a profile of how he wants to play. So, you know, the manager, general manager, knows what to look for and all that. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's sort of an exciting time around our way of the Bosphorus. <laughs> but so, yeah, going into this match, we were in eighth place, which I think we had been going into the, the Trabzon match as well. Maybe we were in ninth. I don't, I'm not, I think, I think we were honestly in, in eighth and we stayed in eighth. But so... It's a tough climb up because all the teams ahead of us, we're all bunched up together points-wise. So when they win, we're all still sort of tied up. But we're still, by winning, very much within reach of everything. And this was actually sort of a do-or-die match. Alanya was up ahead of us in fourth place coming into this one. Had they been victorious, right, because we were five points behind them, they would go up to eight points. Right, and there's only six matches left now, after this one. So if they had gone eight points above us with six matches left, that's like another team you can pretty much count us not pass, count on us not passing, right? Whereas if we beat them, that five point lead they had would be reduced to two. Right, so that's what we're hoping for from this outcome. We'll get into that, obviously. Many of us know what happens, but I mean, th those are the stakes. It's actually fairly, imperative that we win and that we win against the side that's really put together a very impressive season like i said they were in fourth place coming into the match go prior to our match they had just defeated rize sport two to one rize of course is a side at the bottom of the table trying to scrape their way up not looking very likely let's be realistic but they had sort of they've they've pieced together decent form in their attempt to, to scrape themselves out of the bottom of the barrel there. The week prior, they were in Izmir to play Guztepe and were victorious, nailed to two. Prior to that, they lost to Fener two to five at home. Bit of a thrashing, but prior to that, they beat Kaiseri on the road, one to two. And before then, in the cup, they beat Gaziantep two to one. So their, their cup hopes are still alive. They could be our Europa League entry. And then prior to that, and this was their perhaps most impressive result, and it was coming off a thrashing by Trabzon too, it's worth noting. Really poor result for them. Four nil they lost, nil to four at home. So then uh, they followed it up with another home match against Konya Spor, second place, and they crushed them five to one. So a perfect response from Alanya. And so what it really means is coming into our match, they had won five and only lost one in their last six. 
So they're on a streak. And of course, that loss to Fenner was rough. That was a tough scoreline, losing two to five. But still, they're gonna feel like they're 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 playing well. They're sitting pretty in the table, right? So it's hard to imagine them not being confident enough to feel like they could get a result. With that said, in our head-to-head, previously in this season, they did beat us also. I guess that's that's an important sort of addition to that point. Alanya beat us 2-0 at home in the first leg of this season's uh, matchup. And that was, of course, in the sort of downfall of Sergen. That was when it was all really falling apart. Late November. And for anyone who, who wants to recall, it was Babakar Kuma and Diedu uh, who scored the second goal in extra time just to sort of ice it. But historically, we've played them 11 times coming into this one. We had played them 11 times on the books. You know, I don't know. I don't think it's a very historic club, to be honest. So I think it's entirely plausible that this might be it as far as... Uh, our recorded matches against one another. But yeah, Besiktas has won eight of these matches, drawn once and, and lost twice. So 73% of our matches against Alani have resulted in Besiktas victory. So that's that's good, you'd, you'd imagine, right? So the history is with us, although the recent history less so. Last season, we also split the series. They won at home, two to one, and then in the Spring, we defeated them three to nil in our run towards championship. So, some precedent there for history uh, buffs, if you will. But yeah, let's talk about this match. I suppose we got to start where we typically do, which is, I mean, first of all, again, I'd like to highlight that the fans showed up. We filled out the stadium, made a lot of noise for our new coach. You love to see it. I think for our players, it was probably, especially the new guys, Bachuay, Alex Teixeira, you know, guys who, who were John Bozdoan, guys who'd shown up in the summer. For a lot of them, they're probably honestly seeing a real filled stadium for the first time themselves. Vodafone Park. I'm not sure if that's entirely true. I, I think we probably did pretty well in this, like, the first few Champions League matches. I'm not entirely sure, but... I don't remember the COVID regulations back then. It's irrelevant. We're focused on the now. So, what, lineups. For us, it was Ersin Destanolu on goal, of course. And then, of course, our three-man back line with Domagos Vida in the middle. And then Wellington and Montero alongside him. Wingbacks in Ridvan Gilmaz and Valentin Rosier. Joseph de Souza and John Bozdoan again getting the the look. Mishibachuai with Alex Teixeira and Rashid Gezal on either side of him as well. So in fact it's the same lineup he put out against Trabzonspor and why not right? You want the team to adjust to your system. You want the guys to settle in as quickly as possible. These are the guys you're rolling with. This is your this is your best team on paper. I mean you could maybe make the argument that John Bozduan could be swapped out for Atiba, you know, or something along those lines in, in an ideal 11, although Atiba's, you know, 
no spring chicken, I guess we have to recognize. And, and like perhaps, he, you know, he's played quite a few matches. He had number, a number of matches in a row. He started to, to, the wear and tear started to show perhaps. He wants to stay healthy for this World Cup, I would imagine. So we'll see where that goes. But anyhow, no surprises in our lineup, I would say. For them, of course, it's Marafona, the 34-year-old Portuguese goalkeeper, manning their, their goal. On the back line, Fatih Aksoy, 24-year-old Turk that many will recognize, former Besiktas Academy product, alongside Furkan Bayer, 22-year-old Turkish central defender. So a very young Turkish back line, perhaps something to look out for in the future. Juan Fran, 33-year-old Spanish right back. And Cristian Borja, 29-year-old Colombian left back, so age on the flanks to compensate for the lack of it in the middle of their defense. João Novaes, 28-year-old Portuguese central defensive midfielder, set behind Efkan Bekirolu, 26-year-old German Turk, and Umut Gunesh, 22-year-old Turk, who's getting better and better, starting to make more and more of an impact. Of course, you got Taifur Bingol, 29-year-old Turkish left wing, opposite Efejan Karaja, 32-year-old Turkish winger, who is uh, no doubt their sort of talisman, certainly their captain. Uh, up top, Daniel Candeas, 34-year-old Portuguese striker. Um, I'm, you know, not particularly. He has a goal and four assists on the season, so perhaps there's a reason I'm not particularly aware of him. Maybe he'd come in the winter. Anyhow. Those are the lineups. That's how we're playing this. Let's dig into what happened in this match. So, right out of the gate, and this was thrilling, in fact. And I think we can all agree that this was exciting. Finally, right, every match it seems like we, in the first, like, five minutes, have a really nice opportunity. It's always that, like, oh, we just missed, it just skitters wide, something, you know, whatever, fantastic save, whatever it might be. And we never, we never get that goal. And it's, you're always kind of like, ah, oh, well, whatever. They weren't quite ready yet. You know, it was quite early in the match. They didn't have their, their scoring boots on yet. You know, you, you're always willing to give someone an excuse in that scenario. But somehow it was just a little disturbing that we never got the luck on that. We never just got the early goal. And so how about this? Valerie Ismail's first match in Vodafone Park. And we get it finally. And it's a beauty too. Rashid Gazelle. Pulls in a nice long ball from the back, does a nice little pivot on it, and plops it into the path of Mishi Batshuayi, who doesn't think twice about it. I think directs it into his path into the back of the net with the next. It's a goal. Sends it low across from the right side, across to the left into the side netting. Beautiful. 1-0. We are winning. We finally get that goal that we've wanted for so long. And it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a really nice one. I, I think all of those goals, had they gone in, would have been nice ones too. But this was, yeah, a, a very nice one. And you love to see Michi Bachuay, you know, after the last match where he missed the penalty and was kicking the cooler, pissed off with himself. You want to see him come back and have that kind of response. But so, that would be it for, I mean, I think Besiktas had looked settled, right? Like, of course, Alanya is going to try to push it from here, but 
one thing about our three-man back line is that for all the sort of brain farts that any one of those guys is capable of, when they have the support of two other guys back there at any given time, it really minimizes the stress. And this was actually, I think, generally a, a feeling I had throughout the match. Even though we didn't have much of the ball, I was not at all disturbed by that fact. I never felt like we were under a ton of pressure. Uh, it was actually a very comfort comforting feeling. E even when they would score, and this would be the next play, so it's not like a big spoiler, it, like the crowd didn't seem to recognize what was happening. And same thing happened in the Trump Zone match too. Like it ne you never really feel like they're about to score. So even when they do, it's like, oh, whoa, that was, that's weird. I didn't see that coming. Which in the past, you totally would have. It's, you know, you, you, we always expect to be scored against. Especially when we only have one goal and feel like we should have more, right? You know you're gonna get burnt by that. But anyway, but the next action, the 22nd minute would be Typhoon Bingo um, getting the ball in the box on a long ball up toward, like lobbed up to him. He was barely onside. Wellington kept him onside. A, through poor position, positioning, and then B, through a little bad luck as well. He was just like leaning forward rather than at the line he thought he was creating. And again, right, typically what, one of the nice things about this three-man back line is when one of these mistakes is made, you typically have support. But in this case, that was not so because it was a quick counter on their part, which yeah, it's going to happen occasionally, right? But... Still, uh, because of positioning everything, it wasn't an immediate goal from there. He had to pull it out wide, Typhoid Bingo did, and then he lays it on a platter perfectly for Efejan Karaja, who squares it away uh, on a volley, perfectly placed into the back of the net in the 23rd minute, and it's level, as you'd expect, right? We're not gonna, like, keep a clean sheet every match. Obviously, like, The, the, the thread between this goal and the one that Trabzone scored is that they were sort of against the run of play, somewhat unexpected. And I don't mean against the run of play insofar as like they had none of the ball and they just suddenly had the ball once and got one opportunity. But insofar as like they, they, they'd never shown a, the ability to do anything with the ball. And this one they just kind of lobbed up. And just by the luck of a guy being kept on sides clumsily, they were they got a play on goal and, and you know a couple very nice touches right by Typhoon and then Efejan and there you have it there's a goal for them but the response is I think literally ideal I think if it's not on the next play it's it's on the counter for the for, for the next one in the 24th minute Valentin Rosier a wobbly cross I'm not sure if it was intended to be a cross uh, he sends it low wide kind of trickles out to the corner of the interior box of the penalty zone not far from goal lands perfectly to the feet of joseph de souza who has sort of one touch on it to bobble into the air into his path and then the next touch sending it into the back of the net low across the goal mouth again and we're back ahead Love the, the badge kissing by Joseph de Souza, truly posturing himself as our next captain. Valerian Ismail, uh, I, I noticed, uses the, instead of celebrating wildly, which he, he, he does celebrations after the first goal were fantastic. 
as they were in, in the, with the goal against Trabzon. But in this case, he uses the opportunity to pull in Wellington and give him some instructions on how to defend more carefully. You love to see that. We all know, you know, Wellington again, right? Error prone, which again can be compensated. On I, I think ideally he'd be the of the three there. He'd be the one replaced with someone a little more steady. I think he and Montero both have the capacity to make some errors. A, a Montero's younger. B, I think he's better on the ball in some ways. Uh, anyway, we'll, 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 let's let's focus on this match, huh? So we're ahead, two to one. The next opportunity would be just a few minutes later, 27th minute, a long ball to Efijan again. Uh, Erson again, kind of caught in no man's land. Again, a theme. Luckily, this time Efijan's lob would go over the goal slightly. And no goal scored there, which is certainly good for us. Next in this match, of course, would be yet another opportunity for us. In this case, uh, Marafona would send the ball up, trying to sort of um, start a counter. I thought. Montero was so brilliant in the, on this play, and I, I just—it was—it was an interesting opportunity for him, where he comes forward, and again, because you have a three-man back line, you can afford to do this a little more freely. Intercepts the clearance, runs almost in a direct line, in, but into space, but within proximity where he can take a shot. Uses his left foot, gets it on course really well, and almost puts it into the back of the net. Marafona diving and saving it in the end. Uh, but so yeah, really impressive stuff from Montero there, and that's what he has the capacity to do. He, he'll often have like a long ball, which is very impressive. But so he has some instincts on the offensive side of things. Forty-second minute, uh, Alex Teixeira with, a, and this is a specialty of his that I think goes under a lot of folks' radars. He's a phenomenal defender in the attacking zone, right? So they think they've gotten the ball off us, and then boom, there's Alex Teixeira making a little touch knocking into the path of one of our guys or or knocking into his own path and then passing it off. And this was where it started for us here. He cuts out a ball that they think they've controlled, that the defender has. He sends it into the path of Joseph to Sosa neatly. Joseph sends it across the back of the penalty box towards Valentin Rosier, who then sends it on a loopy cross to, to uh, Mishi Batshuayi, finding him perfectly. Knocks it once into his path, twice on the volley in the air, into the back of the net. Lovely goal. Great celebration, too. And we're winning. Three to one. Just an absolutely riotous first half. You love to see it. They're getting exasperated. They're holding the ball more, trying to respond, but we're almost stronger the more they try this. It's like that uh, that finger trap, right? Where like the, the more you try to resist it and pull your finger out, the tighter it gets. You know, that's that's where we are at this point already. Perhaps I'm being dramatic, but nonetheless, we're all excited, I think. So that's it for the half. Uh, in the second half, a yellow card for Wellington, right out of the gates. <laughs> uh, Emre Akbaba comes on in the 56th minute for Unesh Ogus. Aiden for Daniel Kandeash. 
60th minute, Mishi Bachuay gets a yellow card. 62nd minute, Guven Yalchin comes on for him. Georges Kevin and Kudu comes on for Alex Teixeira in the 62nd minute as well. He's starting. He's definitely shown fatigue. Still a problem for him, but you do like his effort on the sort of, yeah, like I said before, especially on his cheeky little offensive defense. But So after that first round of subs, another chance drops to Besiktas. And this time... It's Joseph to Sosa. Again, it's sort of like the Valentine Jose one earlier that dropped to Joseph. I don't know if it's intentionally a pass. It's a skittering kind of volley shot cross thingy. Uh, he might have just tried to sort of create chaos, right? Send it into the box. Um, so he doesn't have great control over it. He's trying to put power on it. I mean, he, he could have tried to. It might have been a shot. Anyway, Karim's out. Finds John Bozduan. He definitely has a shot on goal. Uh, a defender gets in the way, it bounces up, drops to Rashid Ghazal, who does really some fancy stuff. Looks to take a shot, sort of jukes, um, pulls it out further wide, and then takes like a very casual shot, but perfectly placed, almost goes in, forces a really brilliant diving save from Marafona. Then drops into the path of Nkudu, and then he does really well to send in a cross across the goal mount. I think this is a scenario where probably like Bachuay, more of a natural striker perhaps, sends this right into the back of the net. Instead, Guven's like a step behind, doesn't quite get to it. Sad. But he would have the chance to make up for it. Uh, first, Wilson Eduardo would come on for Joao Novaes in the 67th minute for them. For us, Mirelem Pjanic would enter for Rashid Gazal in the 74th. And just three minutes later, it's Ridvan Yilmaz sort of calmly with the ball just outside of the penalty box, sends in a perfectly weighted um, through ball right into the path of Guven Yalcin, who gets onto the, onto the other end of it and does very well to kind of quickly send in a shot low again across the goal mouth into the side netting. Keeper can't get to it. Four to one. Eshiktash. Can't say enough about this one. 78th minute, Leroy Fair comes on for Efkan Bekirolu. Fair was a guy that we were tied to once upon a time in the rumor mill. 82nd minute, Umut Merash comes on for Ridvan Yomas. Nejib Uisal comes on for Wellington. Ridvan is embraced by Valerian Ismail, like, but he puts their heads together and clearly. Adores the kid. I almost thought that was the trap zone match, but either way. These things are muddied. I waited. That's the, the problem of these Saturday games, right? I wait till Monday so we can get the final sort of standings to see where we lie, lie at the end of the match day for everyone. But these these memories get muddied. Um, but anyway. Besitash comes away with a very great victory. 4-1 to one at the end. Valerian Ismail with the crowd, the throngs, you know, loud, buzzing, cheering, chanting his name. He brings his two daughters down. And as the father of a daughter myself, I, I have to say this was a very touching moment. For me, as a Besiktas fan, you can only imagine, right, if I was the coach or a player or whatever, and if I had the opportunity to, to play a match at Vodafone Park, at the end of it, it would absolutely be something I would want to share with my daughter because it would be such an incredibly important moment for me 
as an like loving the club as much as I do, right? I think any one of us understands that sentiment. But so for him to do that, like not particularly being so knowledgeable of our history, or you'd forgive him for not, you know, being so sentimental in that regard. But he almost immediately goes, grabs his daughters, gives them a kiss, very happy clearly to have gotten the victory and you know to see the support for him. Brings them to the middle. You see his young daughter embracing the whole situation, loving it. His older daughter is apprehensive, shy, sort of hiding behind his leg. But our lovely, lovely, lovely fans who did such a fantastic job in this match make her so comfortable through their cheering and adoration that you can see her come out of her shell, start smiling. And it's a great family moment. Joseph de Souza brings his kids out. Doma Gojvira picks up Joseph's son. So it's like just the, the you know, Atiba Hutchinson, you know, Noah comes out and starts taking, um, stretching with, the, with some of the kids who are practicing after. Just an absolutely fantastic family environment in the club. Good vibes all around. And I think we're all just feeling great. Right? I, I, I mean, I hope I don't just speak for myself. And so here, let's dig into the stats. And I mean, on the one hand, we're winning this one four to one. We're winning much of this match, right? We scored in the first minute, so they're gonna have possession. But it's also Farioli, their coach. That's his tactic, is to sort of play around the ball in the back quite a bit. They would have 66% of the ball to our 34%. But we would have 11 shots to their four. Three on target to their, or sorry, six on target to their one. They only had one shot on target was their goal, of course. We had three big chances, four goals. They had no big chances and one. Again, they had more accurate passes than us. <clears throat> 523 to our 228. Uh, and they completed them at an 86% rate. Uh, we completed ours at a 74% rate. But we're doing a lot more bombing out of the back and kind of we're taking riskier, which is good given the sort of individual talent of our players. It wouldn't work um, if we were rolling like Kanan Karaman and Kyle Aaron out there, but you know, with Rashid Gazal, even Nkudu, you know, immediately making sport of it. Mashmishi Bachuai, who looks you know, more and more intriguing, you know, as especially with this system where he looks far more confident and perhaps having the fans cheering, you know, that maybe that makes an impact as well. But uh, we committed 23 fouls to their eight, which is in part perhaps poor refereeing. There's refereeing. We always have terrible refereeing. But yeah, I mean, really, yeah, this ref sucked. Uh, we were called offside eight times. They were called off twice. They had three corners to our zero. Um, but yeah, so again, we had 11 shots to their four, three off target to their two, six on target to their one, two shots blocked to their one. Seven shots inside the box for their two, right? Like we were, it's funny, in most, in many ways we were dominant. Although you, when you have 34% of the ball, it's, it feels really weird saying that. Let's talk about the individuals. Um, and I guess I'll just lead this off by saying that Mishi Bachuai is my man of the match. I have to give it to him. His goals were beautiful. Uh, you love to see him smiling again, right? Like, he's had a rough go of it, no doubt. And even if he's not back next season, still, he, he played well. He was very good for us here. Gave us the spark we needed um, with his ability to finish. 
he was he was everything we we would have hoped for him to have been in previous scenarios, where he wasn't quite this good. With that said, there were a lot of great performances, and let's again we'll go through all the uh, the good performances of this match from the best on down. So Mishibachuai, 8.57 rating, highest rated player. Then Valentin Rosier, Joseph Tesoza, Domingos Vida, Ridvan Yilmaz, Alex Teixeira. Wellington, so all the top six Besiktas players. Then, Efejan, Karaja, and Typhoon Bingo, goal scorer and assist man for them. Then, Javi Montero, Francisco Montero, Rashid Gezal, John Bozduan, rated highly here. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. And then, finally, Guven Yalchin. George Kavan Kudu with a 6.92, almost cracks into the, the group of uh, the elite players in this one. Not quite. But so it's worth noting that only Efejan, Karaja, and Typhoon Bingo are in the, t in the, you know, what is it, the top 13 in this case. So Besiktas is good here. We played well. Um, all, like, again, right? Bachuay, Rosier, Joseph, Domegosvide, Lidvan Yilmaz are the top five. With Alex just outside of it. Mishibachuai, right? Two goals. He's obviously going to get it for that. But he also, um, yeah, was was pretty active all around. He did a good job of getting around the pitch. Um, you know, holding, wait, waiting defenders so that other guys could make runs. He did a lot of things pretty well. He didn't have any key passes this time around, which is, you know, almost uncharacteristic at this point. But he was offsides four times. So that's, in a way, almost promising. <laughs> He was really going for it. You like to see that. Valentin Rosier, statistically. Two assists. Yeah, he could have gotten man of the match here. He had a shot. Two key passes. Two big chances created. Obviously, he two assists. He had 52 touches, which is pretty dang good. I don't know. All around, he played great. I mean, the one weak side of his match this time around, he was 4 of 11 on ground duels. Which is far from ideal, but um, on the other hand, he's playing in a more advanced position nowadays, so it's less detrimental. Uh, he's probably, you know, more kind of defending from behind, chasing guys rather than being in front of them like he used to be. So it's not entirely bad. Uh, next up, of course, is Joseph de Souza. And he had great stats despite having no assists or anything like that. So let's, let's look, let's, I mean, he did have the goal. So that's worth noting. Uh, and he had two total shots. 27 of 37 on his passes, 73%, which is not fantastic, but one key pass. Two of two on his dribbles. But so two of two, two of eight on long balls, which is a big part of like why his passing rate or passing percentage, you know, of success rate, rather, was uh, less than ideal here. He's one for one on his tackles. Four of 14 on ground duels. So again, not ideal. But also again, he's doing more attacking from behind than from in front now that we have those three guys behind him. He was one for one on aerial duels. So I guess, you know, there's a, a positive side. 47 touches, so fairly active. But yeah, I mean, anyway, I'm giving it to Michi Bachuay. Certainly a standout performer. Two really nice goals. Um, I don't know how many more, right? We only have six matches left. 
I don't know how much more he'll contribute in the long run. But certainly worth noting that he now has 14 goals and three assists. Starting that. He's second in the in the league. So certainly started to be a man of interest. And starting to raise the question of like what do we do is obviously we're going to need to think long and hard about who the striker is going to be next year. And, and Sorloth seems like the ideal man, right? Especially if we can afford him somehow. But if not, like, you really have to ask the question, is is it not worth giving Pachuay another shot? I think a lot of the, that will be answered in how he responds in his last six matches. If he comes out and shows a real proclivity of playing in Ismail's system, that's when we have a full-blown dilemma. As of right now, I think it's a fairly easy answer. He's got to go. We've got to look for a bit of an improvement, right? But... But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think we really do have to wait and see, right? Because his, his style of play could really suit what Ismael is looking for. Especially his ability to sort of not just be a threat on goal, but also to hold the ball up and look for teammates to come up, make runs. You know, he, he's a somewhat versatile player, so that could be of use in this system. We shall see. So where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with perhaps the standings to discuss. Because of course, that's what's left to talk about. Big deal. We want to know what, what likelihood we have of getting a spot in Europe. And I will say that we have a, not a great likelihood, but it's certainly within the realm of possibility. It's not a stretch. Uh, as far as getting second place, that's more of a stretch. Well, let's talk about it. So, first of all, up top is Trabzon Sport with 72 points. Again, we have six matches left to play. 6 times 3 is 18, so they're 18 points up for grabs. Second place is Fenerbahce with 59 points. So they have a 13 point gap there between first and second place. I guess for anyone who's surprised to hear that Fener has passed Konya, that happened, happened this week. But so, Konya's board is 58 points. So they're one point behind Bennett, still mathematically within reach. Bashaksha here is mathematically now out of the running, being 19 points back, with only 18 points available. Konya is 14 points back. So if they win out and Trabzon basically loses, they could get a few points here and there, right? Essentially, the, the best Konya sport can do is they'd have 76 points. Trabzon could get three points, for example. They could have one win and five losses, and Konya would still win, would still beat them. Fener, on the other hand, <clears throat> with 59 points, they could have 77 points, meaning Trabzon would have There'd still be five points there, right? So Trabzon could get a win and a draw and four losses, and they'd still lose to Fener if they won out. A 
A win, a draw, and four losses. That's not like we've seen Abdul Abdi throw up worse. So, I don't know, man. It's hard to say this league is officially done, but I mean, it kind of is, right? It just takes one weekend to really set, settle it. But on the other hand, another weekend of Trabzon not getting a result. And who knows? I bet the, the, the alarm bells start ringing. I mean, I honestly doubt it, but... With that said, right, if Fener were to win next week, or Konya, both, right? Let's say both of them won, right? Konya has 61 points. Now they're 11 points back. And Fener has 62 points. And now they're 10 points back, right, if Trabzon were to lose. I mean, I don't know. They're still probably not panicking, but whatever. Anyway, next up. So, um... What's important to note now, right, we have 50 points, so we are respectively 8 and 9 points behind Konya and Fener. So 8 points behind Konya, 9 points behind Fenerbahce, 6 matches to go, so they would have to kind of fall apart. Konya is actually in the midst of falling apart, so perhaps 3rd place is realistic. Fener, on the other hand, not quite falling apart, right? <laughs> kind of on a good run. Uh, we will be playing them, however, so maybe we could break their, their spirits and then they, they fall apart. I don't know. Uh, but so anyway, so eight points behind Konyaspor with six matches to go. I don't know. Crazier things have happened. But what is realistic, and this is, I think, the probably most important, the, this is what we should probably be going for, even, is fourth place. Currently, Basakshi here is in fourth place with 53 points. They're three points ahead of us. Um, so Adana Demir has 52. Alanya has 52 now, right? They're still two points ahead of us. And then there we are with 50 in seventh place, having moved up one spot. But so a win next week would catapult us up with, with 53 points. Right now, if Basakshi here were to lose against Altai, which is not entirely realistic, although mathematically Altai is still fighting for, for to stay out of relegation. There, there's not like a great chance of it happening, but who knows. But so if, if Bashakshir were to lose, if Adana Demirspor were to lose, they're playing Kasim Pasha, who have really nothing to play for, if we're going to be honest. And then, or, I mean, they, they could draw and we'd be level on points with them. And then Alanya Spor has to play Antalya Spor. It's at home for them, but Antalya has, you know, 10, 10 games undefeated now, right? But so anyway, chances for us to move up, hopefully. Uh, at least we have to win to stay in touch. Besiktas's next match will be against Giresun Spor, who's in that relegation zone. Still has theoretically something to f fight for, mathematically, again, in, in the same vein. Although, I'm sorry, actually, I take it back. They're not in the relegation zone, pardon me. They're in the relegation battle, uh, is what I meant to say. But they're actually the team that's above it, and they're 10 points above it. So it would really take a miracle for Altai or Rize or Guztepe, in fact, for 12 points back to, to scrape their way out. With that said, right, Gerson is coming up against a hot Besiktas side. Not ideal for them. So let's take a look at Gerson, right? Now, first of all, it's probably worth mentioning that our first match of the season did not go particularly well for us. It was at home at the Vodafone Park. Again, it was that late November fall, like where we all fell apart. 
This was a terrible result. We lost nil to four. 22nd minute penalty went in for Diabate. 55th minute, Balde scored. 64th minute, Serginho. And 90th minute, Champness. And we were not having a good time of it. Um, <clears throat> not to be disrespectful. Right, so Fuseni Diabate scored the penalty. Ibrahima Balde scored the second goal. Serginho is just rolling with Serginho. But Joseph. Champness scored the fourth one. Um, but so let's, you know, I mean, not a great result, obviously, but their lineup is not so frightening. Let's, I mean, let's look at who's in the lineup. Their goalkeeper at the moment is Okan Kojuk, 26 year old Turk. I mean, some might recognize. On the back line is Mamadou Diara, 24 year old Senegalese defender. Next to him, Alexis Perez, 25-year-old Colombian defender. So, you know, they're kind of building something back there, but really something for the future rather than for right now. 26-year-old Turk Hydrula Bilazer is their right back. On the left side, Aziz Behic, a name many will recognize. 31-year-old Australian Turk. The defensive midfielder is Hamadou Traore, 25-year-old Malian. He plays up, up ahead of, or sorry, rather, just behind, 26-year-old Brazilian Flavio. And 26-year-old Portuguese Chiquinho. Their wings are Magomed, what is his name? Suleimano, whatever. Uh, and opposite him is Fuseni Diabate, 26-year-old Malian. Suleimanov is 22-year-old Russian. And up top is a name many will recognize, Mehmet Umut Nair, 28-year-old ex-Beshiktash striker. He's only got five goals in 26 matches this year, so nothing to really write home about. But so yeah, you know, I mean, that's Gitterson's lineup. Some, some recognizable names. Their most highly rated player is Zeki Yavru, who I didn't even mention in that scenario. He is a right back for them, but I guess Maybe he's injured or just has maybe uh, Hyrule Bilazer, 26-year-old, has, has replaced him. I don't, I don't know quite how that works. Their leading goal scorer is Fuseni Diabate. He only has six goals. Umut Nayer with five. Uh, the, the match will be in Giresun at the Chotanak Stadium in Giresun. Uh, if that matters. But it shouldn't, right? Like, Besiktas should still be heavy favorites, and you really hope that they win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's really just about all there is to say about the match. We hope that it's a good one. I guess we could say that. Besides that, um, as far as guys who are not going to be playing in this one, Kyle Laren still suspended with his red card. Mert Gunok is out. For them, Arda Kilic, 17-year-old, has a cruciate ligament. And Errol Akdai, 25-year-old Turk, also out. Neither one of them has played much this season. Both quite serious injuries. Uh, but yeah, um, not many injuries to talk about. So, you know, hopefully it's a good match with Besiktas getting an easy three points. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think that's it for us this week. As always, Stay tuned for us next week. We'll be back with more. 
Um, shouts to the family, the new family man, Valerien Ismail. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Let's go, Pachetan! Peace out. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.